Welcome to Blood Taps, your ultimate True Blood Rewatch podcast, where we sink our teeth into an all-new episode every Thursday. We're your hosts, Ashley and Fawn, so grab your favorite AB positive, and we'll meet you at Merlot's. Hey guys, welcome back to Blood Types. We are on Season 3, Episode 5, simply called Trouble, which... (laughs) True. (laughs) Alcide and Sookie turn to a pack master for advice on how to deal with Russell's minions. Tara considers a proposal from Franklin. Jolie breaks his promise to Sam and Tommy. Jason meets a mysterious girl. And Heirloom reminds Eric of his past. First off, them talking to the pack master is literally one scene. And he, he talking about that one scene, he goes, well, he's too powerful. I don't know what the fuck to do. And then so he's like, he's scared. And he goes, that's bullshit. And then that's it. That makes a plot point. She talks more to Debbie than they did to the to the packmaster. Debbie just busting into Alcide's house, hasn't been with him, cheated on him, still has a key. So she goes, I'm going to use it and bust in and God knows what hour of the night. It's her branding night and she decides to go check it on good al seed and i love how she goes i'm trying to save your life and then turn around and calls him a stupid redneck wasn't she already branded at her engagement party she was but this was like they came home it's the same night like it's the oh so after all of that she just busts into al seed's house (laughs) it's like hey boy (laughs) i'm trying to save your life and then calls him a dumb redneck because he needs to forget everything he saw which trauma like he probably will never forget it it's literally branded in his mind <laughs> call back and then Sookie comes out and she gets super pissed because she calls her out on her shit because she's thinking about all the men she has slept with in that same house i'm like you are trash you are a trash person leave, alone. leave him alone and even Sookie was like coot isn't half the man or half the wolf that i'll see it is and i said yes yes ma'am yes ma'am he is not because first name first thing his name is fucking coot <laughs> cooter cooter his name is cooter it's about it i mean they go he's like i gotta go tell daddy pretty much because that's the pack master and he goes uh the pack master knows everything and can we talk about how Sookie is is such a brat again because he goes i can't tell you our secrets i'm already breaking enough rules that she goes it's either that or i get him out of your head and you trust me you want to go with this way it's easier she <laughs> suki has no chill like <laughs> suki is like i am going to get bill back and i will stop at nothing and it's like girl calm the fuck down like you are it's like in twilight when bella fucking gets to go and learn all of the tribe secrets from jacob and it's like another white girl like another white girl learning these secrets yeah it's suki is such a brat yeah literally actually yeah a lot of twilight kind of crossover because these were things that they literally couldn't tell anybody else jacob literally physically couldn't tell her and then it came out and she knows, and then everybody's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it's fine if you know. It's like, screw everybody else, but <laughs> Sookie can know. Okay, so I think that's pretty much, I mean, oh, well, no, she does, I mean, at the end, when oh. Alcide helps not at all. Alcide, at the very end, Alcide helps not at all. When they break into his house, he gets kicked in the nuts, and you don't see him again. And Sookie has to, like, fucking dodge and weave from Cooter. And I was like, where the fuck's Alcide? You just got kicked in the nuts. To be fair, 
No one helps Suki this episode, okay? Bill doesn't help. Eric doesn't help. No one helps this bitch this episode. So to be fair, he's not doing anything out of the ordinary. But they bust into his house, just kick him in the nuts, and then he's down for the count. (laughs) Next episode, he'll show back up with a scratch on his back that Suki will have to put a piece of paper over. No, that tissue's probably still there. So we see Jessica, and she's working at Merlot's, and Arlene still hates her. Like, hates her a lot. And pretty much is like just making her life a living hell. So she gets petty and she tells all of her um, people in her section to not tip their waitress, which I think is fucking hilarious. And then you get a little spot where Hoyt brings in some blonde bitch. Yeah, he like comes in and Jessica gets all jealous and then is glamoring these people to be like, fuck Arlene, don't tip her. And also just, I guess, to test out her vampire powers. But yeah, Hoyt comes in and Jessica does not like it one bit. And this girl that he brings in, obviously you could tell it's just because he thought he she was already on a date because I would be pissed if I was that blonde girl watching Hoyt look at somebody else all night. And then she's sitting there be like, I'm excited about babies, but I don't want to get fat like my mom. And I'm like, oh, girl, I know I've seen her before, but I keep looking at her I'm like... The girl from Big Bang Theory. What was really cute is there was a moment between Tommy and Jessica where he was pretty much like, he's the minor leagues and you're so much better than him. And she needs to be reminded of that. Everybody needs to be reminded of that. You're better than some country boy. But also, she's like, that's my ex. Did you guys really date? No. They knew each other for 48 hours. They didn't date. They freaking fucked six times not even really fucking each other and then they broke up quote unquote he drove to dallas they had sex at bill's house they got into one fight and that's been it yeah all he said was a mr bill was right about you and then took his mama away which i understand that would hurt my feelings too but they never really truly dated yes he drove to dallas with flowers that he should have bought there i'm still i'm still like it's not all there with Hoyt. Um, and then they didn't officially have sex until I think. Um, yeah. And then she realized she was. a. Oh, no, they must have done it twice because she realized she was a virgin again. They, they did it once in Dallas because he decorated the whole room with like the candles and everything. And so they did it once then. And then, yeah, now she's a perpetual virgin, which out of everything that these vampires have, they don't have a hymen removal surgery. That's that seems like a pretty simple thing for vampire. Oh, speaking of vampire doctors, did you see the TikTok I sent you about Carlisle? Yes. Daddy. I love him. <laughs> He's so rich. <laughs> and, and what she's talking about, she sent me a TikTok. We talk about Twilight all the time now, guys. We have made her a fan. <laughs> And apparently, Carlisle was on a Forbes list of being one of the um, most, ex- like, richest fictional characters. And he went from number one to number three. I will take third. I'll take third place. <laughs> Give me that money, babe. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Esme. Esme. <laughs> Sorry, girl. I'm coming for your man. I know. It's so sad. We How much we talk about Twilight. Twilight. Anyways. That was a really cute scene to the point where I was like, maybe they should date. Aren't they closer in age, though? Yeah, they're closer in age, but no, he's he's bad. He's a bad boy. He just has been grown. He just has a broken home. He's like little orphan Annie. Is It's, it's not Jessica's job to fix him. It's not her job to fix him. It's not any woman's job to fix a man. 
But he walked in first day and was like, damn, girl, you fine. You need to remember that you fine and Hoyt ain't shit. So. Well, he better give me $20. <laughs> if a man ever says that to me, I also want $20 in my hand. Oh, can we also talk about, we need to transition. Okay. So Jessica, nobody gives a fuck about Jessica because they let her starve all the time to the point where she has to attack old ladies in a public restroom. So that's just enough. Like they just. Nobody nobody has asked about her. Nobody gives a fuck about Jessica. I've already decided. And then, so let's go ahead and go to Jesus. Because this this episode is so cute. Um, first, I understand Lafayette's concern when he just shows up. Because they've never, it's never alluded that they've talked outside of just him caregiving for his mother. Yeah, and Jesus just shows up at Merlot's and is like, what time do you get off? And Lafayette's like, in nine hours. And Jesus is like, okay, I'll hang out for nine hours, sir. You have nothing better to do for nine hours? You're just going to sit at Merlot? Well, he said he had the day off. So I guess he's like, oh, there's no other way I'd rather spend my day off. I would get so bored sitting at somebody else's job for nine hours waiting for them to get... Unless, well, I guess it is a bar. So if I was getting free drinks, I wouldn't be bored. Maybe not free, but like if I was also looking at uh, Nelson Ellis, maybe, maybe I'd sit there. I don't know what time of day, but it was really funny to see Lafayette kind of like a uh, back a little bit like his, his, he's like me, you came to see me. And plus, they don't even, I would be a little weirded out. I was like, oh, you're my mother's caregiver and you just showed up because you want to see me. And plus, he walked up and saw him in an apron. So he shows up at his workplace and he sees Lafayette wearing an apron. I don't know what he thought. Maybe he, he still went through with it and asked him to the movies. And then they like hung out and played pool and flirted and it was so cute. But yeah, <laughs> it's so weird just... Maybe I guess in passing one time when he like he was just visiting his mom, he was like, oh, I work at Merlot's. And Jesus was like, OK, I'll just show up. Or I guess they could be like has his contact information as like the emergency contact. But still imagine somebody you saw once at like a Target and then they just show up at your work. It was like, I wanted to take you out on a date. I've never called you. I don't even know really your phone number or anything about you. But I want to take you out on a date. And then they make out in his convertible. I guess crazy things happen. I don't know. It's like, yeah, it'd be like ordering pizza or something and your delivery driver then just showing back up like the next day being like, hey, want to hang out? Uh, oh, you're at work? Okay, I'll just sit here for nine hours and wait for you to be done and then we can hang out. Uh, also at your place of work. We'll just stay here. Why does this show make a lot of like creepy stuff? Cute. Like with the age gap between Hoy and then like Jesus just showing up unannounced and then just be like, yeah, I'll just I'll just hang out. Not like let's reschedule, not anything. But I have to say when they're in the car, it is very cute when he asks him if he can kiss him. But when they finally kiss, it takes so long. There's such a long pause between like they're both like eyes closed leaning into when they actually kiss. It's so uncomfortable. They were like, we have to build the tension. Just keep going. Just keep holding each other and just waiting and waiting and waiting. And now kiss. Oh, let's talk about Jason. (laughs) If you are a Jason stan, we are not. So if you just want to go ahead and skip the next two minutes, you might as well just keep going. First off, he just walks in and was like, today's my first day. And they give him a desk. Like, they clear stuff out for him. They move. Like, he thinks he's just going to just 
walk in and be a cop because he's used to everything being given to him. Season two, when they're at the church camp, that's that's the Jason. I, that's my Jason Stackhouse because I don't know who the fuck this man is. What I really hate about this scene, so they have him answering phones and all of this bullshit. That fucking montage of him like playing with paper kit clips and stuff. I was like, you don't need to constantly remind us how stupid he is. But again, just another white man with the audacity walks in, takes a donut and was like, I want to be on the field. Like, I want to I don't want to do this. And Andy's like, I'm I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> I've only been sheriff for like two days. <laughs> Not, even. Not even two days. And like Jason just walks in. and was like, I have enough evidence. That I could just he should just give me whatever I want. I just uh, and again, he kills somebody. He's not remorseful at all to the point where he's out there just washing the cars with shirtless he sees a hot girl and then i kidnaps a car (laughs) (laughs) car jacks a car like just steals it i don't like jason i think we said that in season one i think we were both like i don't like jason and then season two happened we were like maybe and now it's like fuck you fuck you jason stackhouse he literally just like stalks this girl and it was the girl who was at the drug bust and he tells her or he invites her to merlots that night and she originally says no but of course she ends up showing up at merlots and Andy also shows up and says that he's going to just pull some strings to make Jason a cop. And I wrote down white male privilege at its finest. (laughs) And then Crystal shows up. And for like some reason, she can't come into Merlot's. So they go on this like moonlit walk in the woods. And Jason makes a comment about how alive she is in the woods. And then essentially tells this girl he loves her. And they kiss. Yes. What was the what was the line I might mean it forever. I said, what the fuck is wrong with these stack houses that fall in love immediately? And I love how Crystal, which turns out to be this girl's name. Um, she, first of all, she calls, she sees through the bullshit when he pulls her over. Um, but she's like, this is wrong. Um, I, 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 we shouldn't be doing this. And I'm like, then why the fuck did you come? Like, okay, you were too nervous to go inside. But if you knew this was bad and you knew you shouldn't be doing this at all, what was plan B when you actually went inside to see him? Yeah. Like, were you just going to have a good night and then just, like, forget that it all happened? You live in a small town. You can't just ghost him. Like, he's going to know where he- This is the stack houses. They will show up at your house to find you. Okay? They will put out an APB, a missing persons report, everything under the sun to find you. So you can't just ghost Jason. He won't allow it. I feel bad for her because he, like, pushes her up against a tree to make out. And I'm like, that has to be painful as fuck. Like, I would be like, I would hate that. It's so funny the things that I used to think were so sexy when I was, like, 17, 18. Like, I remember watching that and being like, God, that's so hot. Now at 27, I'm like, do you know how much my back would hurt if you pushed me into a damn tree? Like, ow, you may hit my head. Like, it's not sexy anymore. Is kissing in the rain sexy? I think so. But only, I think, if you're fighting. (laughs) Like, it has to be toxic. (laughs) Well, Jason Stackhouse is. I, ugh. Like, where is the man who busted into the church and shot Steve Newland in the head with a paintball? Where are they, by the way? Uh, They've disappeared. And Jason is continuing to shoot people. So I guess he hasn't gone too far. Oh, no. (laughs) It was exactly right where he shot eggs. Yeah. It literally was, like, exactly what he did to Steve Newland. Oh, fuck the writers, man. You couldn't have killed Steve. 
You couldn't have killed Steve Newland, but you kill eggs that way. Anyways. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Let's see. Who else do we want to talk about? Uh, I think it's Sam. Oh, Sam and Tommy. Like, there is a weird tension between that. And I, I know you find out more, like, probably later in the season, because it seems like every episode they uncover more and more about this weird family. But Joe calls him at work in the middle of the day, screaming for Tommy just to come home. But that's normal. Everybody just leaves their shifts at Merlot, so. Yeah, so Sam has essentially moved his parents into his massive rental properties that Sam apparently has because he also owns Arlene's house. And Terry is moving into Arlene's house at the same time he's moving his parents in. And Sam then suggests that his father becomes the handyman of these two homes to like earn his keep, I guess. He calls him to come home during Tommy's shift. And that's when Tommy's like, Hey, can I stay with you tonight? And he's like, why? And he goes, brotherly time. And first off, he he was so mad that Joe was going to give him shots. And Sam gave him a beer. They were drinking a beer when Joe like pumbled in. Yeah. And first off, I thought he was supposed to lose his house if he was liquored up. Because he was supposed to stay dry, and Tommy was supposed to stay out of trouble, and he literally said it to Sam's face. And one thing on the Sam thing, if he had these houses as rental properties, why is he living in a trailer (laughs) across from his restaurant? Do better, Sam! There are no available houses in Bontom. They're all taken by vampires, so he has nowhere to move. But he gave his trash family a whole-ass house? That has just been sitting empty. And he was Don's landlord. So Sam is like a slum landlord. <laughs> also owns the bar. What the fuck, Sam? For Where did he get all this money? Who knows? Who knows? But from the bar, since that's where only everybody goes to drink. But all these things are not making... Make it make sense, True Blood. Make it make sense. Because he busts in, and I noticed that he said that. Yeah head to tail not head to toe right. it's so weird and possessive and how does he have all the power when he like why would you go against tommy when tommy could literally turn into a venomous snake and like kill you uh, this man has a death wish he's just waiting to die i cannot wait to die oh, and i hate the mother Ugh. and she does nothing she does nothing well that's pretty much tommy's terrible childhood but he still was like I mean, what am I going to do? They're my parents. Even in shows, we can't escape familiar, familiar, familial, familial. There we go. I got there eventually. Trauma. Oh, who else should we talk about? Is it time for, oh, Bill and Eric kind of coincide. Let's talk about. Let's talk about Okay. Yeah, it really kind of does. So the episode starts out. The poor thing is still chained up to a, to a chair. And Franklin is waiting on Russell. And when Talbot and Russell come in, Talbot is like, you keep saying you're not going to bring work home and blah, blah, blah. And Tara and Franklin are like in front of all of these vampires. And while she has her wrists bound, he says that uh, she wants to be there, that she is uh, she wants to be there. Like she's agreeing to this. And. Obviously, he's not kidnapping her. That would be unheard of. And so Bill comes in. Oh, during that, Talbot goes, hence the resist, uh, the restraints. Yeah. <laughs> so Bill comes in and Tara's like, 
hello, help me. And Bill's like, mm, sorry, no, I'm not going to do that. I love how he just, he has to make it known. It's kind of like, um, like a child. Like he has to be, well, I certainly don't want her. Yeah. Or he looks her in the face and goes, no. I just love how they all still have stripper on their faces. <laughs> a stripper on their faces. I mean, yeah, they didn't clean up after devouring that poor girl, Destiny, and whatever her name is. Sure. She had seven. So So this is kind of where Franklin says his very disturbing line about how alike him and Tara are. Do you have it written down exactly what it is? Well, I know that Russell, after he tells Talbot that I'm the king uh, this is why I bring work home. And that's when you find out that Russell was, uh, Franklin was working for Russell the whole time. And he brings back the file that Bill had on Sookie. And they're in the, um, his study. And apparently Russell's not good with money. Because um, he tells them all of his money is going to go into a trust fund. And Russell's like, I want cash. And he goes, well, the last time he had cash, I, he went gambling and I think killed some elderly ladies because they didn't give him a turn. And then that's when he goes, why do you, why are you just lugging around another girl? And she goes, no, she, this one's different. Like, she's a disaster. We're like twins. Poor fucking Tara. To be, com- like, to have a fucking psychopath say that you're just as messed up as they are. That's my 13th reason why. I'm out of here. It's a good thing she didn't hear it. But I have to tell you, she plays it so well throughout this whole episode with him. And um, so you find... Because she chews through her restraints mm-hmm. and gets out, and then Cooter, God, why? Why didn't they have to name a character that? Cooter like captures her and brings her back, and then after that, she's like playing into Franklin's every desire, essentially. But I realized her tie to the bed would be so hot if it was consensual. Yeah. Consensual would have made it so much better, and I could have got behind it. But since she was there against her will, but man, as soon as soon as she got away, she must have some strong teeth. She must have some freaking sharp ass chompers. And this is when he says that it's going to be her last night being human, and says, "Will you be my vampire bride?" No, I will not be your vampire. I met you two hours ago, sir. We've had one night of consensual sex, and that's it. And now, if I had known, fuck yeah. that, fuck that. And I just love, like, this actress' facial expressions throughout this episode said so much more than what she actually said. It was chef's kisses. Yeah. Like, her facial expressions were phenomenal. And I was rooting for her to get out. But in that fucking, like, 1820s nightgown, which... <laughs> Which he thought she looked ravishing in. Um, so I'm like, I guess I want something to make, like, who thinks I look ravishing in, like, an 1820 nightgown. And wants to kidnap me and tie me to a bed and ask me to be their vampire bride. Hot, if it was all consensual. Right. If it, it just had a spice of consensual. Do it on, do it on Halloween. <laughs> I'm busy this Halloween, but next one, next one, I will be open to any vampires who want me as their bride as long as I consent. Tie me to a bed. <laughs> With, consent. With consent. Get my writing. Get it in writing. 
Oh, man. Do you want to talk about when Eric comes in? Oh, no. Hold on. I just realized my notes. Can we talk about the Razor phone? Oh, my God. (laughs) Talk about a fucking throwback. Yeah. Yeah, That made me feel old. (laughs) I laughed so hard because I was like, that's T9 texting. That's that's harder. Yeah. It's like, hello, Russell. Takes 15 minutes to type out. So. And I feel like I'm a little bit like Franklin because I'm like, here, you didn't watch me. Look at me. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I didn't get the applause I needed when I did it. So I need you to watch. Yeah, That's me. That's me all the way. Yeah. Oh, I just had to take that tidbit. I think that was one of my favorite parts of the whole episode. Okay. So Eric shows up at Russell's house and he has come to tell the king. Oh, he comes to ask Russell if he can hunt Bill because of this lie that he's perpetuated. And Russell is like, I already know that it's you behind selling V and it's not Bill, but I'm sure we can come to some kind of arrangement essentially. And he takes Eric on a tour of the manor and Lorena tries to tag along and Russell's like, boys only or like boys trip or whatever. And so they go walking around looking at uh, different relics and Eric recognizes a Viking crown that belonged to his father and uh, Eric's family died his mom and dad who apparently argued all the time and Eric only survived because he was off fucking some girl in the barns and uh, (laughs) was there playing it safe instead of being murdered and so he recognize, he doesn't recognize the symbol, but we see the symbol of the where Nazis pop up and realize that Russell is like the leader of that pack, essentially. Um, yeah. Now he has this conundrum. Does he avenge his father or does he save Pam? Because he needs Russell to save Pam. Um, the only thing is, am I the only one that found it weird that his name was Eric during the Viking times? That doesn't sound like a Viking name to me. It's like, oh, my boy, Eric. (laughs) They're speaking in this beautiful language. And then they call him Eric. But my favorite line out of this whole thing that his dad says in, please don't come for me. I think it's Norwegian. Yeah. Um, Says, you can't spend your whole life in between a woman's legs. And he goes, I'm going to (laughs) try. Well, I have a pair of legs. (laughs) And I do identify as a woman. So feel free to give me a call. Okay, I have to give it to you when... Eric shows up with his hair slicked back and in that blue long sleeve shirt. He is hot. He's so hot. He's so hot, but he does. He's not hotter than Alcide shirtless trying to hold back Debbie, so he does. She doesn't cut Sookie. Do we? Do we get a threesome scene with Alcide, Eric, and Sookie? Do you remember? Uh, that was my dreams last night, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was about to say I need materials. <laughs> Okay, if it's not, somebody let me know in comments if we get a threesome scene. If not, I'll just create one. I know, we need to write our own fan fiction of what we think would happen. But it wouldn't involve Sookie at all, because... Sookie's dead. Sookie's dead. (laughs) Eric is typically masculine name that means forever ruler or always ruler. It is Old Norse, and it is derived from the Norse word Eriker, which means sole ruler or ever powerful. While the name Eric can be traced to Norse origin, several cultures and traditions also lay claim to the name. So yeah, it was around in Viking times, I guess. It just seems so Caucasian to be... (laughs) Just, I don't wonder what his parents name would be like, Eric. Really? Eric is not short for anything. Can it get any wider than that? No. (laughs) But man, that extra who got to be the woman he was making out with and like running his hand up her dress. 
I wonder what she's doing now and how she feels being God's favorite. <laughs> I wish I was a chosen one. <laughs> I would very much like to be a chosen one, please. <laughs> Somebody put me in like direct contact with God and let me ask a few questions. Like, why do I not get it? Why do I not deserve this? When am I going to be cast on a spicy, hot, sexy TV show as an extra? I don't want to be an actress. I just want one spicy, sexy scene with one spicy, sexy actor. She really didn't have any lines. She just walked around the room and like made googly eyes at him. And then they went to the bathroom and was like, fucking time. That's my dream job. <laughs> Sign me up. Like, is there casting calls for that role in particular? Because <laughs> I will be there. Except this was shot like <laughs> years ago. <laughs> somebody deep fake me <laughs> as the girl. If somebody can deep fake me, I will pay you $15. <laughs> Or buy you dinner somewhere. Deep fake me in that scene. I love it. Um, but yeah, I had I had to give it to you. He was hot this no. this episode. He was hot. Um, <laughs> one thing we didn't talk about Tara, which is where, what I wrote down, is there's one point she's crying at the t- <laughs> she's cr- <laughs> she's crying at the dining room t- table, and Franklin comes and is like, "Who made you cry?" And she goes, "I'm crying because I'm hungry and I can't eat day lilies." <laughs> oh my god i mean he did check i'll give him that you know i think honestly he does have some sort of infatuation with her like i do think he loves her in some way which is worse i i don't know why that's worse to me but it's worse i mean i guess he kind of likes her it's just that oh there's so many different ways Mm -hmm. to go about it and he kind of just like settled on her yeah and he's like, we're electric together. And so I'm just going to take her away from her town or anybody she knows. And so the lion got the lamb. <laughs> Whenever, what is it? <laughs> the lion fell in love with the lamb? Yeah. Is that it? Oh. Yeah. And so the lion fell in love with the lamb. <laughs> okay. So Bill is now claiming that Sookie is no longer his and like denies <laughs> the creepy folder that Franklin found. And Cooter tells Bill that she's fucking Alcide, which obviously sends Bill into a rage because he's like, not my Sookie, who I just told on the phone I didn't want to be with her anymore. She can't go fuck someone else, but I can fuck Lorena and spin her head all the way around. Oh, like one shining moment about Bill. He calls Lorena a tiresome cow. (laughs) When they come back from from the stripper, they go up to um, back to his room. And he's like, she's like, it's going to be so nice when you stop playing hard to get when you're mine again. And he goes, Russell was right about you being dumb. And you've put yourself into a corner, you tiresome cow. And then shuts the door in her face. And I don't mean to laugh because this woman is beautiful. But this this character has got to give it up. I know. Stop being so desperate. Like, leave him alone. Leave him alone, Lorena. You're not going to win, babe. It's okay. <laughs> Take a loss. Like, literally, season two, he was like, I never want to see you again. And you run away in the red dress. I don't know why if you think you just keep showing up and keep forcing yourself on him, that'll work. Because it did. She got what she wanted. He hates her so much. She still got what she wanted. And he's there. So, so eventually, Bill does show up and tells Suki that she needs to leave Jackson, Mississippi, because she's in danger, obviously. She's always, literally always in danger every single episode. And 
then quickly Cooter and Russell show up and they want Sookie, obviously. And when Cooter corners her, she shoots out the blue orb out of her hands that happened to Marianne. And Russell's like, fantastic. And that's where the episode ends. Yep, literally comes in his pants. <laughs> literally. And I, again, poor Elsie just gets kicked in the nuts and then doesn't help at all. Yeah. But Bill tries to fight. And I love how they do like a weird, like, defensive dance, her and Cooter. Yeah. Yeah. And then she shoots him in the face and Russell gets excited. Yeah. So now we're going to find out how many nights has Eric been there? Like, is Pam dead already? I think he went straight there. So same night. And then there was a day where Tara ran out and they came back. And then that night is when he sees the crown. So he has one more night, I think. I don't know. He's really (laughs) taking a sweet time. Yeah. Oh, man. So what was your favorite line? It's between I'm crying because I'm hungry cause, and I can't eat daylilies or when the father says in Norwegian, you can't spend your life between a woman's legs. And Eric says, I'll try. My favorite was Suki and Alcide are driving and he's a bad driver. And she says, I'm not going to die because of your shitty girlfriend in a Mississippi pothole. And I love that line. <laughs> so good. That was so good. And you find out everybody was switching because like. When the energy's out there, everybody can't help it. They just got to follow this pack mentality. I wouldn't want to be a werewolf. I would rather be a vampire. Oh, actually, you know what? I I would want to be a shifter. So far, I think the shifters have the coolest abilities. Because, like, you can live a normal life as a shifter, you know? You can't live a normal life as a werewolf or a vampire. But as a shifter, like, you don't have to change. Yeah, but you're also not, like that different from a normal person it's like you're extra strong you're just like some days i spend my days as a giraffe and then (laughs) that's how i'd spend all of my days actually i would finally be tall i would eat leaves all day long and that's it that's how i'd live my life but i honestly be kind of cool because you'd never need a house well sam has five so (laughs) he's a very rich dog okay a very rich dog and you have to have the animal near you so, like, it's not like I could think about being, a whale, like, a lion and then become a lion. True. And then when I come back, I'm naked. I've but- been naked in worse situations, so I feel like I'll be okay with that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> We're not talking about that on our True Blood <laughs> podcast. Broke Girl Energy is gone. <laughs> well, that was episode five of Blood... Nope, that was episode five of True Blood called Trouble. And as we found out, yes, it was. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about our mental state, you can find us on Instagram at Blood Type Podcast. Uh, you can also send us an email if you want to. We love those. Uh, I do want to shout out um, some people on our Instagram. Ashley posted this hilarious fake job posting from her lots. And we got so many funny responses. How are you guys all so funny? How do we have a podcast and you don't because y'all nailed it. But I do have two that I really want to read. One of them was, uh, are you hiring cooks? I have PTSD. Love that. Thank you, Miss Posen. And also Becker's 1995 said, how's the pay? How many vibes per hour? And hysterical. <laughs> Made us so happy. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to shout out those comments real fast. And guys, if you love our podcast and you have the time, we 
love your comments on Instagram, but we also love if you would rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you can. I'm not quite sure it's on Spotify, but on Apple Podcasts, if you rate it five stars, if you comment, it really helps people find the podcast. And I feel like our little family is growing and we just want to keep growing this new like true blood community so we can keep shitting on Jason and with other people. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yep. Shitting on Jason. Um, But this has been another episode. We can't wait to see you next week with another one.